welcome to Joni Jams, a podcast going album by album through Joni Mitchell's entire discography. Today, I'm reviewing Joni's 1982 studio album, Wild Things Run Fast. Yes! <laughs> yes! Wild Things Run Fast, Joni's first studio album of the 80s. Oh my gosh. And if you're asking me, does this album sound like it was made in the 80s? The answer would be yes, <laughs> but also no. It's an amazing album that came out in October 1982, and it um, peaked at 25 on the U.S. Billboard charts, which, you know, isn't the greatest, but it's still pretty good. Not not her, not her worst to come. I'm pretty sure we have some lower numbers <laughs> to come in the next few albums, but that's okay. So... Oh, what to say about this album? I'm so excited to talk about it because I'm really just excited to talk about all of her 80s work. I know a lot of you guys are curious about, or have told me that you're curious about my opinions, which I appreciate that. I don't, my opinions aren't that interesting, but people have been curious what I'm going to say about her 80s albums. And I have a lot of opinions that I think are very surprising because I feel like most people, when they talk about Joni's 80s music, they just trash it like, <clears throat> they always trash it no matter what. And I am not that kind of person. I personally love the 80s sound in a lot of ways. I love a hard rock moment that she does on this album. Like she does some more harder rock, which I like. Um, what she does on Chalkmark and a Rainstorm, her last 80s album, is she really balances out the way she uses synths into a really nice harmonic way. So that's kind of the best of the synth side. I would say Dog Eat Dog, which we'll get into next week, is, hmm. I mean, I'll have my opinions on it next week, but that's probably the most complex to talk about of her 80s music and why it doesn't work in some ways or works in other ways. So we'll get to we'll get to that when we get to it. But let's talk about Wild Things Run Fast. So this is Joni's first album on Geffen Records in the 80s, also her first studio album of the 80s. And this was her first album to work with Larry Klein. Ooh, big name that we will be mentioning now for the next, gosh, I think pretty much the next few albums, Larry Klein will be mentioned on all of them because he ends up being Joni's husband in 1982. And he plays bass and kind of takes over Jocko's role. And he co-produces with her her next four albums. I know she says he didn't co-produce with me. I thought he. I think she said that in a, the Reckless Daughter book by David Yaff. She said David uh, Yaff. She said that, but he would say he did. I don't know. I'm not getting into the who said who. Divorce is hard. Uh, yes, the marriage did not last. I mean, it lasted a while. I would say yeah, but he has such an influential role on this album. Especially, I think he has a big role on Chalkmark and Night Ride Home as well. Doggy Dog's really just more Joni, but <clears throat> but it, it sounds really, he sounds really good with Joni. They play together very well. And I think that because at this time period she was falling in love with Larry Klein, I think that that had a big play into this album's theme. And basically... If you were to describe, if someone said, what is the theme of Wild Things Run Fast in one word? I would say it's love. Love is so many different things and so complex. And this album goes over it in a very kind of 
jazzy jazz rock yeah more jazz rock very glossy way there's some things about it that are very beautiful and there's some things about it that are very understated you kind of like weave in and out of it so this album because you're probably wondering why did Joni suddenly start changing her music well of course the 80s came and everyone was changing their music but the story goes that Joni heard you know, these new 80s bands like Steely Dan, Talking Heads, The Police at a discotheque on a trip in the Caribbean. And she said that like hearing The Police really affected her sound. Like the way that they played their music was so interesting to her. And so she wanted to kind of replicate or have that. I know she wanted The Police on this album, but I think they were, were they making an album at the same time as well? I don't know. They just weren't able to do it. But you can tell that the police has a definite influence on her playing. It's weird. It's like blending the music of the police with the music of, I don't know, Miles Davis or something. It's like trying to blend both of them, which I think she does well, but maybe some of you wouldn't agree. There's some A-listers. Well, I don't know if you'd consider them A-listers now, but there's some <laughs> there's some famous people on this album. Lionel Richie has some feature. Uh, James Taylor gets a little background feature as well. Um, as I said, Jocko is no longer with her, but some past people are on here. Like Wayne Shorter is on here. Don Elias is on, I think, two songs. And John Guerin's on like one song or something. They kind of slowly, I think, get weaved out of Joni's musical career. But they're on here for a little bit. And this, I don't know, I think that this album sees Joni in, like, a refreshed sound as she enters a new decade. And there's a feeling of, like, hearkening back to her rock and roll days of the past, but also being hopeful of love in the future. Like, that's kind of how I've always seen this album in its way. Like, it's a refreshment of a new decade, but also it's kind of interesting because the next album, this album all about love, the next album is kind of, it's not all about hate. I shouldn't say that. But the next album is very angry. It sees Joni in a, you know, upset and political sort of state of mind, which is interesting. But, you know, that's for next week. But yeah, that is, that's kind of the setup for what we'll be talking about on Wild Things Run Fast. Wild Things, I thought you loved me. Do you guys like when I break into my Joni Mitchell imitating Joni Mitchell voice. I think it's very beautiful. <laughs> so let's talk about the artwork on this album. Oh my gosh. The artwork is a little jarring. I have to be honest. It feels like she's staring into my soul. <laughs> it's um, a full figurative body portrait that she does. So we're back to the Joni self-portrait stuff that she paints. I should say she paints this. And it's her wearing a very sophisticated and vintage and somewhat masculine kind of suit looking thing. I don't even know how I would describe that. And she's leaning into a TV that has a footage of like wild horses running in these wavy wave crashing waters, it seems. And like the back cover has like high heels on the floor. And then inside of the vinyl, there's like a portrait of Joni and Larry and some other small paintings. It's very interesting. She's doing all of the like colors and the people and the objects just give off such a romantic and such a like, hmm, like a, there's a vintage quality for sure. I don't know. You can just tell 
that this album is not going to be very dark and depressing based on the art. I don't know, because there's really nothing dark about this album. And I do have to say, Joni's haircut is very interesting as well. She starts, in the 80s, her hair starts really going through a journey. We'll talk about it. <laughs> but at we're kind of in the first stage of the journey, which is Joni with the, like, rat, or no, not ragged, it's, like, very choppy, blonde hair that has a little bit of a bang moment going on. Then we're going to move into Dog Eat Dog, where she has, like, poodle-level permed curls, which is very fascinating, I have to admit. But we'll get there. Um, I don't know. Everything just feels very light and easy and romantic on the artwork. I really like it. It's not, like, my favorite Joni artwork, but it's pretty. And Joni is a great painter, so... You know, she does a great job. Actually, I would say the perspective is a little weird, though. There is something a little off about the table and the TV's perspective. It's like a um, Cezanne painting. It's just like there's like a little bit off. Um, but I like it. Also, I should talk about the title of the album. Wild Things Run Fast. <laughs> I love seeing it. The title, I think, if I were to describe what it means refers to love being a wild thing that you just, like, can't control. And love runs fast, whether good or bad. Like, yeah, you know, like, love is, like, untamable, uncontrollable. It's fast. It's wild. I don't know. That's kind of what I got from the title. But then again, it's not a super explicit, explicit meaning on why she chose this name. I still think it's fun, though. And the last thing I want to point out before we get into the songs is that if you like the songs on this album and you like Joni's 80s rock jazz sound, not anything post Wild Things, but like the Wild Things sound, I would really recommend watching the Refuge of the Roads tour video because she did like a filmed version of the tour promoting this album. And like the video is her and her band playing in front on like a sound stage but then they add like an audience to the like background like audience noise and also there's like home footage and random little video clips interspersed as well it's really i think it's really cool to watch like joni clearly put a lot of time and effort into it um i thought about maybe reviewing it i was like that might be interesting to talk about that before we get into dog eat dog but I don't know. If that's something people are interested, let me know. But I feel like that could be kind of fun to review that, like live watch it or something. I don't know. If anyone's, <laughs> if anyone is interested in that, let me know. So yes, let us begin the album and talk about the beautiful love songs that make up Wild Things Run Fast. So when I talk about this album, I talked about how it's a jazz rock, like very, very uh, influenced sound with the music. But it opens on kind of a quiet and reflective note. It's one of the more quiet and reflective songs besides the closing track. It's interesting. The opener and the closer kind of have a similar feel. I should say the opening song is called Chinese Cafe slash Unchained Melody. Because this is another one of my favorite things that Joni does where she'll take an old, like a old classic and intersperse it like she did with um, Harry's House and Centerpiece. And here she does it with the Righteous Brothers song Unchained Melody, which is so fun. I love that she does that. And it's kind of like a collage piece. And the whole song is basically 
how would I describe it? So it's basically taking Joni now talking to this character, Carol. I don't know who Carol is. I guess it's a person from her youth that she was friends with. Maybe it's just Sharon Bell and she just renamed her Carol. I don't know. So she's talking to this figure named Carol, you know, and saying that they're both grown up now. And Joni, at this point in her career, is grown. She's a grown woman and she's looking back on their past, her and Carol's past, in these, like, rock and roll days that they used to once have. And so that's sort of where the song takes off and goes. And basically, the Chinese cafe idea is where she remembers her childhood being this like idyllic Chinese cafe where they were playing this righteous brothers song and everything was just alive and youthful and free. But then the verses go into the more serious things that are happening now today, how being older is harder, you know, things like that. The lyric that I absolutely love that she basically once again is based is flat out saying that she has a kid that she gave up yet. No one, No one uh, picked up on that? I don't know. But she says, my child's a stranger. I bore her, but I could not raise her. She's basically saying how Carol gets to see her kids grow up and Joni had to give hers up for adoption. So she doesn't even get to see her. And she, they kind of do these comparisons throughout the whole song. Um, I really like the part where she says, we look like our mothers did now, like when we were those kids age. That's such a pretty line. And it's, it's so true that you get to a certain point and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my gosh, I look like what my parents look like when I thought they were old and now I'm that old. You know, it's like that realization and you're just like, shit, why do I have to be so old now? There is a little prefix before the chorus that just goes, nothing lasts for long, nothing lasts for long. And that line, I saw Joni do an interview in 2013 where she was saying, you know, some of the lyrics that I wrote don't had an impact on me then but they don't have an impact on me now like I don't feel anything from them and this is one of the lines she said that she doesn't really get much out of anymore nothing lasts for long but apparently Larry Klein her husband at the time really really like was affected deeply by this feeling nothing lasts for long and I think that describes this whole song nothing lasts for long love doesn't last long the world's you know being safe and clean, which we'll get into the second verse, doesn't last for long. The Chinese cafe days, the rock and roll days don't last for long. Everything changes. Age, you know, all these things. And I just, I really like that sentiment as well. I'm surprised that Joni doesn't get anything from that, like, later in her life. But, you know, that's on her, I guess. So the second verse, like I was saying, goes into kind of environmental issues and how the world's changed negatively. You know, they there's kind of a big yellow taxi callback where she's like, paving over brave little parks, paving paradise, you know, anyone? No. Ribbon off native land again. Uh, how long? Short-sighted businessman. Uh, talk about terror and landmarks down. There's all these things that are going negative in the world, but the Chinese cafe days, those were the days when everything was positive and beautiful. And she's, I think this song has like a somber feeling because she's acknowledging that Things are changing. Nothing's lasting for long. It's just she's realizing these things as she's gotten older. And it's a really interesting way to start this new period in her career where she's looking back and sort of a not remorseful, but like a sad but interesting way. But at the end of the song, she goes into basically the 
theme that leads into this entire album that's she says i need your love god speed your love to me and so she's basically saying that you know she's looked back in her whole life her days at the chinese cafe you know where she is at now and she's realized that all she wants at this point is love and she's asking i'm guessing larry klein but you know whatever source person there is out there she's asking them to give love to her because that's her most important desire that she wants right now and if you listen to this album especially the closing track you'll realize that love is all Joni craves right at this time period which is so odd because the next album is such the opposite but she comes back to it on chalk mark so maybe the next album was just a fluke I don't know But the music on this song, I just, I love so much. It's not super rocky, but she finally is using synths. Like she she was dabbling them in Shadows and Light Live, but here you really see the synths are starting. And I think the synths really add a lot to the piano on this song. Like they underscore it very well. And you can tell Joni's voice has changed. You can tell she is singing in a more matured, smoky voice. I've actually also heard Joni say when talking about this song that she's never like liked her voice on it, even on the travelogue version. Like she thinks that this song, I think she said it should be sung by like a smoky cabaret singer and it doesn't really work with her voice, but I disagree because I think her voice sounds great on it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm just kidding myself. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows that song that she was talking about. So I do love this track so much and it's, is, am I wrong to say it's the one of her best openers? I mean, I'll let the silence decide that because I think it's a pretty good opener, but what do I know? I'm just a twink reviewing Joni music. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have to say about Chinese Cafe, but I really, I really love it. And yes, now we can move on to the title track, the most rocky, crazy, intense track, Wild things run fast so what to say about this song it's very short not a very long song this actually might well i should say majority of the songs on this album are very short and if you're looking for an a joni album with very kind of wordy music and very uh hmm. if you're looking for an album like hygiera and you are like, what 80s album has a Hygiera quality? It, it's not this one. It's probably your best bet is Chalkmark because the songs on here are very, very simplistic. And not simp- simplistic doesn't mean bad. Simplistic just means that she's cutting down to the most kind of, I don't want to say basic, but the most essential words to describe things going on or the story she's trying to tell. And that's true for pretty much all the songs besides kind of the opener and closer. And the the opener, or not the opener, the title track is an example of these kind of short lyrics with this electric music. I mean, the song starts with a rock explosion. It's it's pretty, pretty crazy. It's just like, like out of nowhere. And you're just like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, where is this coming from? But it's, I love this song. I love a overdrive, intense 80s guitar. And it's just, it's so good. And the drums on this song are really good too. Like they really enhance it so much. And if you were to ask me what this song is about, I would tell you I'm not sure. I looked at the lyrics multiple, multiple times. I've been listening to this song for so long, but I've never really 
tried to figure out what it's about, but I'm guessing she opens it with saying, you know, he came, she smiled, he thought she had him tame, but he was just as wild, eaten from her hand at last, wild things run fast. And so I think she's talking about the blossoming of a relationship, and like he he meets her, she smiled, and then suddenly they're in this relationship that's wild. And I think she's saying that love is wild, it blooms fast, and it's electric, wild, untamed, it's crazy it's all these things and I think that's why the guitar on this is so intense because love is intense you're gonna hear me say the word love today 500 million times so just fair warning (laughs) I should have said that in the beginning but yes love is a heavy theme and I do really call me crazy but the kind of bridge on this song is very interesting when it's like it slows down and it's like Winter beat the pines about. He heard the heater cutting in and out. I don't know. I really like that part. But then it just like goes sideways and it's like while she dreamed away. And then it's like in the night. And it goes back to the song. It's very weird, but I like it a lot. And I love at the end when she does her Joni like haha voice where she's being silly and she's like, wild thing. I thought you loved me. I, I love when she does that, like, low, kind of smoky, like... she. It's almost like when she does her Charles Mingus impression. You know what? Wait a minute. All of Joni's impressions kind of all sound the same. Her Bob Dylan impression is very similar to her Charles Mingus impression, as well as an impression of herself. Hmm. Anyways. Um, <laughs> and then at this song, when the song ends, you, like, expect it to be over, right? And then all of a sudden, the guitar comes in one more time for the final second, and it's like, and it fades out into this electric mess. It's, I mean, it's interesting. And I really like this track. Like, I am not a hater of this intense 80s rock track. I really like it. It's fun to dance to. If you dance to Joni's music, I personally do. But then again, I have no life, so I don't know. That might just be me. (laughs) I'm in a silly, goofy mood today, okay? But yeah, I really, this song is is a rush of energy and excitement, and it kind of just feels like that rush and excitement of love and a, the beginning of a relationship and how crazy and wild it can be, you know? No? Yeah. So that's Wild Things Run Fast. Great song. Um, not everyone's favorite. If you don't like the 80s sound, it's probably not for you. But for me, I think it's really, really good. It's a short title track, probably... Her shortest uh, of her career, maybe. Maybe Next to Night Ride Home and Turbulent Indigo. I think those are like all her shortest title tracks. Huh. But yeah, it's a, I think it's a really good title track. And uh, yeah, it's very different than the next song we're going to talk about, which is Ladies Man, Ladies Man, Ladies Man. So another short song, but... This song is very jazzy. We have like a jazz kind of mellow. I was trying to think of the word. What's like those like jazz clubs where people snap their fingers? If you know what that is, that's kind of the vibe of the next few songs. What is that called? I don't know. But think about that when you think these next few songs. So this song is like a starts with like a really nice melodic humming. And it's just Joni doing her like... And it sounds really pretty. I love Joni's voice on this song a lot because it has like a sultry. She's doing this like she's singing in her soprano a little bit, but her soprano is so different than it was, you know, 
10 years ago, which of course, because the voice changes, the voice is an instrument that changes over time, but it sounds really good here. Like this might be one of her last soprano songs, honestly. Yeah. Cause well, I guess a bird that whistles is soprano, but a bird that whistles, by the way, before I know it's on chalk mark, but I think that song was recorded during a wild thing session, interestingly enough. But anyways, um, so ladies man is a song that's about Joni kind of wanting this ladies man and he's kind of breaking her heart, but he's doing all these things wrong. And she's saying, you know, I've heard you're a, I've heard of heartbreakers, but you take the cake, ladies man. You know, you are the biggest heartbreaker of them all. I'm so hot for you, but you're so cold. I mean, how many of us know that feeling of when you're you want someone so bad and you give them everything and then in return they just give you ice or they're just, you know, block you out like cold. It's just and I feel her in this song that she's just kind of really She's longing so hard for this man. And then she calls him out. We have a little bit of a call out here. Think woman of heart and mind, you know, uh, fuck your strangers. That one here. She says, couldn't you just love me like you love cocaine, cocaine head games. (laughs) I love that line. It's so fucking funny. Couldn't you love me like you love cocaine? Seriously. I, I've totally said that to a man before. No, I'm just kidding. But that's so funny. I wonder who she was talking about. Well, it is the 80s. A lot of people were probably on coke, but it's a fun line. There's like a clear bit of confusion and inquiry that she has about this lady's man and why he can't just fall in love with her. And she's just, she, you learn to refuse what you think you can't handle. You're acting like a vandal. Maybe he's saying like, she's saying like, you're stealing my heart, but then not giving it back. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe that is what she's saying. Okay, Ryan, with the with the uh, knowledge right there. I do like the drumming a lot in this song. Call me crazy, but I love percussion. And I think that the backing vocals add so much to this song because there's like a mysterious quality, mysterious quality underneath this song with these background singers because they're all like, ladies, man. And I think that they add this kind of aloof, mysterious quality to this ladies man like he's a bad guy but she wants him it's kind of like that trope of the bad boy that you want but is emotionally unavailable i don't know from like the 1950s movies i think of like something like james deany kind of vibe but yes this song also has a great cover of it by shaka khan who we love on this podcast i love in my own personal life But look up Shaka Khan's album, Funk This, the Grammy-winning album, Funk This, I should say, from, like, 2007. She does a cover of Ladies Man that is really good. It is totally different than what you will hear on here. Here on here. But it's really, really good and well done. I love Shaka Khan, and her voice sounds amazing on it. So just a little recommendation. But, yeah, I like Ladies Man a lot. It's just a short track. So there's a lot of these songs are very short So it's hard for me to kind of find a ton to say about them because none of them are going to extremely deep places. And I don't mean that as a diss at all because I love this album. But I'm just saying, you know, they're very they're really well done love songs or songs about feelings with love and men. But there's not like, you know, I don't have to analyze the lyrics like a Hygiera song where they're talking about. I don't know, like, in this vigorous anonymity, the blank face at the window stairs. (laughs) Like, it's nothing like that on here. But that's okay, because I really like this album. But, you know, 
just uh, another prefix. These are all things I should have said at the beginning, but I'm saying now. So anyways, yeah, that's Ladies Man. And the next song is Moon at the Window, which is a song that's basically like a playoff of a poem, which I'll talk about in a second. But yeah, Moon at the Window is a really, really intriguing song. Way different than kind of any other song on this album, really. So I was going to read a little bit about the poem on... And I found these things off of Joni Mitchell's website. So if anyone wants to source me, that's where the source was, okay? So the poem is by a Buddhist priest named Ryokan, and it's entitled, The Thief Left It Behind. And it reads, The thief left it behind, the moon at my window. So <laughs> that's very short, but there's a lot to unpack there. And so I will let who jo Joni's website credits, Ivan M. Granger, or Granger, however you say it, he explained it in a, like the poem in an interesting way. So I'll just read what he said. This is not my words, they're his. He said, the moon is a common metaphor, especially among the Zen poets, to represent enlightened awareness. In this haiku, the author is laughing at the absurdity, absurdity there we go, of the theft. The thief left it behind. He foolishly couldn't recognize that one great treasure the poor monk possessed, the moon, enlightenment, and instead took an armload worth of worthless junk. So that's explaining the poem. Now, you're probably wondering, why did Joni choose to make a song based on that poem? I don't know. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. But she's very well-read, and I'm sure she heard it somewhere and thought it was fascinating, and so she put it into this song. And so I think she's talking about how love is a deeper feeling, and you can steal a lot of other superficial things, or you can take away other superficial things, but love is the true kind of enlightened feeling. This song is very jazzy and smooth, and Wayne Shorter is on this track, and he sounds so fucking good. His his work, I it's, it's such a tragedy that he passed away. His work is so amazing with Joni. Everything he does with her is just brilliant. And on this song, it's no exception. It's so good. And I also think about A Bird That Whistles on Chalkmark, and it's just like Joni can give him like a theme or an idea and he can just turn it into something amazing. He had so much, there's like a mystery in this song because it's like about robbing and things like that, but it's so good. And she kind of talks about very simple things in a way. She's like, nobody's harder on me than me. How could they be? No one's harder on you than you. You know, she's talking about love. Love has two faces, hope and despair. Pleasure turns to fear. So it's going over all these kind of positives going to negatives, these negative feelings about yourself and love. And then she's using this on the upon the background of this poem, Moon at the Window, I guess. That's kind of how I see it. I don't know. Love is like hard to find, but the moon is like a window, a glimmer. The moon is like a, you know, a sense of joy or enlightenment in love when there's problems, I guess. No? I don't know. <laughs> but the bridge of the song talks about, you know, a little bit of insecurity because she's saying, like, I know these battles deep in the dark when the spooks of memory rattle. I like that part a lot, actually. That's a really... There are some interesting lyrics right there. That's pretty That's pretty fascinating. 
I think that like the best part of the song, honestly, is the music. The lyrics are good, but the music is just really, really well done. I, I have to applaud Wayne the most, but and Joni's voice sounds really good, and I, like she did a great job, but it's really, really well done. And it's taken me time to enjoy this song. I for some reason used to dislike it. I don't really remember why. Um, no, no clear knowledge on why I disliked it, but I just never picked up on it much but re-listening to it more and more I've really started to like it what I really like is her 90s version in the 90s she started singing this song again why I don't know ask her but she did it on acoustic guitar and she does it in this like breakdown acapella way where she like She'll just like strum once and then sing some of the words and then like it's very stripped back, but it it's really cool. I encourage people to look it up. There's hmm, trying to think of areas you can look it up. Well, like performances. Um, just look up Joni Mitchell Moon at the Window Live '90s. You'll find it um, on YouTube. But also, this song is on a guitar tuning. Now, everyone who listens knows that I love playing Joni Mitchell songs on my guitar, and I obviously follow her tunings because I'm a freak like that. And the tuning of the song is C, G, B flat, E flat, F, B flat. And that song is also the same tuning as Man to Man and You Dream Flat Tires, two other songs on this album. So clearly she was using this tuning a lot at the time. Like clearly that was a big, uh, big moment for her. <laughs> and I actually really like this tuning a lot. You can play a few really cool songs like on that tuning, I think Woodstock is one of them. I think Sex Kills is one of them. It's a really cool, really cool tuning to use. But yeah, this is a really cool song. I really like Moon at the Window. It's one that people actually do talk about. I've seen multiple people talk about this song. So I guess there's a lot of y'all out there that really enjoy it. Oh my God, who's y'all? Okay, Ryan with the beautiful grammar right there. Um, but yeah, it's a song that I really like and I've grown to like over time. Uh, the next song is a song that I'm growing to dislike over time. Not dislike, but not be obsessed with. And that song is Solid Love. Hmm. What do I have to say about Solid Love? My reasoning for disliking this song is very simple. Um, I can read a lyric from it that just, that explains it all. Here's the lyric. Are you ready? Hot dog, darling. <laughs> There's the lyric. It's just this song is like, I just, I, do, I can't. I really, I, I like it, but I would, or I don't, no, I shouldn't say I like it. It's fine. I would never click this song just, you know, to listen to it. I just never would. It's something about the lyrics in it are so weird and I just, I can't with them. I know the song is like about that feeling of having a sense of solid love in the middle of everything else going on and people breaking up and all this horrible other stuff. You and this person have found solid love and found something that's real and genuine. You know, right in the middle of this Hollywood heartache, we got this solid love. And I know that, that that's like, you know, a fun theme and it's cute, but the song is just doesn't do it for me. She's talking about like love bandits and hearts are going under and 
we don't we're not a fly by night romance and i i like those stuff but some of the parts are just in, a little hard for me to listen to like the anything with like the hot dog darling is just too it's just too much for me i I like one part of the song. <laughs> I had to hesitate. I like one part of the song when it's like, you open my heart up, you do. I like that part, but that's really pushing it. There's like a rush and happiness of finding this solid love in the music, which is fine. And Joni's saying, you know, I'm going to give you my very best and all this stuff. But I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just not a fan of solid love. Yeah. Not too much to say about it. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I found another part of the song I like. I do like the outro when it, Joni's like, ba da da, ba da da. Like, I like that part. I just, yeah. Solid Love is not going to be a song that I will put in my Joni Mitchell top songs of all time list. Um, <laughs> just could not see it going there. If it's on yours, I would be very curious to hear why. If anyone, if we have a Solid Love fan out here. Um, so yeah, that's all I really have to say about that song. Just kind of going to move past it as if it's not real. Um, let's move on to Be Cool. And we're going to be cool while singing it. Uh, this is a song I actually do like. <laughs> I really like this song, Be Cool. Goes back to that, uh, what was I talking about? The club with the snapping fingers. Yeah, this song is definitely there. This song kind of has the Chinese cafe effect where there's a vintage feel like a very cool fire and ice chill vibe, very James Deany. I know I keep referencing him, but Joni's always referencing him, so I deserve that pass. And this song is kind of talking about whether you find love or you lose love or you're going to get love or you're not. The best way to be is just to be cool. And I if you are a real housewives fan, please tell me when you listen to the song you think about Luann going, "Don't be all uncool." No, because <laughs> that's like all I think about when I hear this song. Just like be cool. Don't be all uncool. That's how that's honestly what Joni might as well have said. But this is such a fun song. And there's like a backing, like a backing group that is so interesting because they're like talking while she's singing. Like they're like lots of other fish in the sea, fire and ice. I'm whispering in my ASMR voice because that's how they sound. And Joni really sings in that jazz phrasing like she did on Shadows and Light that I really like. She's like, don't get riled, smile, keep it light, be your own best friend tonight. Like she's singing in this jazzy way that sounds really good. And she's like, I don't know, it's just really, she's singing in a cool way. She's singing like a nonchalant, cool way, which I really like. And she's and she's kind of giving like a rule book to how to deal with love and be cool. She's like, don't get riled, smile, keep it light, be your own best friend tonight, don't get jealous, don't get overzealous. She's kind of giving the playbook. <laughs> she's giving, she's being your wingman. Yeah, that's Joni on this song. She's being your wingman. She's saying, charm them, don't alarm them, keep things light. You know, don't be overbearing, just keep it cool. I wonder what inspired her to write this song. I'd be curious. It's really good. I'm just like wondering what, what led into it. It's interesting. And she's just saying, you know, with love, don't be too much or too little. Be cool. And if it doesn't work out, find someone else. It's not a huge deal either way. You know, there's lots of other fish in the sea, as she says. Love's fire and ice. You know, it's hot, it's cold. But the best way to be is to just be cool. Yeah. And the music on this song is very good. It's kind of understated because I feel like 
your main focus is the background chorus of singers and Joni. Like, those are the main front. And, like, the music just kind of slides a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, it's still really good, but, you know, slides a little bit to the back. And I like this song. This is another song, like Moon at the Window, that it's taken time for me to appreciate. But I do think it's a well-done song, so... You know, I'm not going to hate on it. I do like Be Cool, and I would recommend people going back and listening to this song. I mean, there's a few songs on this album I would recommend just going back and, like, looking into and giving another shot. Because there is some a lot of stuff on here that I think people scoff over that's really well done. A lot of people don't talk about Wild Things Run Fast, and I think it's a really good album that kind of gets mashed into all of Joni's other 80s work when it's just so different. It's not anything like Doggy Dog or Chalkmark in a Rainstorm. They're all very different. So, yeah, that's Be Cool. <laughs> I just went on a little rant, but yeah, that's Be Cool. And the next song we have is a jazz cover, well, I guess less jazz, more rock and roll, of the song You're So Square. <clears throat> Baby, I don't care. I really really like this cover. Joni like takes this vintage song and adds like a rock and roll like boo doo doo moment to it and it's really fun. Uh the song was made famous by Elvis and written by uh, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. But I think Joni does a really good job of putting her own spin on it. Like she puts like a little bit of jazz and definitely a ton of rock. Like it's totally like an 80s rock cover of it which is like really good i really enjoy it the drumming on this song so good like the rhythm is just awesome and i love the way Joni sings like i can tell she loves singing songs from like a rock and roll heyday you know what i mean like i feel like that's her favorite thing to do is to sing these vintage songs like think about how happy she sounds when she sings twisted like at the end of court and spark like she just loves singing these older kind of tunes i don't know and it's really fun it's a really good time. And yeah, uh, it's just, I don't know why she picked this song on the, like, like what out of all other songs made her be like, okay, I want this on the album. But if I were to guess, it would be because this song goes back to like the Chinese cafe moment of, you know, hearkening to your rock and roll heyday. And kind of maybe this is another song that remembers that, I guess, in a little bit. Like it's a little bit reminiscent of that moment. And at the end of the song, there's a really fun moment where all the all the vocals are like, you're so square, baby, you're so square. And it's I like that part a lot, too. I really like the Refuge of the Roads version of this song for some reason. So if you were to watch the Refuge of the Roads concert tour video, like I was recommending, which you should, um, <laughs> it's a really, a really good cover on there that she does of it. And I would, yeah, I would recommend that a lot. But this is a great, a great song. It's fun to jam to, to Joni jam to. And yeah, I recommend it a lot. It's one of the definitely not talked about songs in Joni's career. I mean, I guess it's because it's not by her, but it's fun. It's a good time. And it goes back into that theme of love and someone being square, but you don't care. You can see past the flaws to like them. And yeah, just another, another love themed song. And Next song is another <laughs> love theme song, which is Why Do You Dream Flat Tires? You Dream Flat Tires. And this is a very different moment. This is our Lionel Richie feature track. And this song is 
very very rocky and very fun and i really enjoy it and there's just there's a lot going on but it's a really good time so you're probably curious about or when you hear the song you're like hmm what is this title you dream flat tires what is she saying or at least i was saying that but <laughs> i think this song is basically like it's comparing love it's like using a tire as a metaphor for love and it's talking about how love inflates very fast but then deflates really fast like love is you know it's this precious thing that pipes up fast and then just goes away like a, a tire basically like getting a flat tire and it's a real that's like a really fun metaphor like only Joni Mitchell could come up with a metaphor like that and this is a really fun song I love the fast rhythm of it like the there's just a really good fast rock rhythm with it and the parts where she and Lionel Richie kind of sing together like these like they're talking back and forth to each other you know Lionel saying or no yeah he's saying like a woman can bounce back easy but a man breaks both his legs and Joni's saying are you telling me that to tease me or just to hear me beg and that's kind of like when it does that part I really like the communication because with love comes a lot of communication. But yeah, that's a really fun part of the song. And Joni just talks about all these things like about love in the song that are really interesting. Like she's like, love is precious. Love strikes a person like lightning. You know, it's all these things. This song kind of goes into the more delicate way of like how delicate love is, which is true, you know nothing lasts for long to quote the first song on this album and love is precious. And that's kind of what she says in this song. The ending of this song is so fucking fun where it's like flat tires, love, love is precious. Like I love that part. Cause the band just like rocks out and you're just like, yes, give me them flat tires. Actually, no, you would say, don't be a flat. I, I don't know. How would you describe that? But yeah, it's a really, really fun song and it's, it's, I mean, I feel like there's some, there's some parts about it. Like the lyrics are maybe not that happy. Like there's some sadness or there's some anger with them, but it's a really fun song to listen to. And I, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's really a fun song and I like it a lot. So yeah, I would definitely recommend listening to this song too. A hidden gem in the Joni Mitchell career book. It's fun. It's a, a good, fun 80s rock track very police inspired like you can tell that influences here as well so the next song is man to man to man to man and this is a song that i really really like i honestly would put this probably in my top three of this album i think it's such a beautiful song because it's very like moody and quiet but also there's some jazz qualities to it. And it's just talking about like the tiring search to find the one person that sticks and works out because she's saying like, how come I keep moving man to man? Like she just wants to find someone to break down and care. You know, she's, she's just so used to love not sticking and she just finally wants something to work out. And I understand that like feeling like you're always looking for someone, but you never can think about like on all I want in blue. She's like, all I really want is like our love to do is to bring out the best of me and you. I'm on the road and I'm traveling, 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 looking for something. What can it be? So she's always been looking for love. And she's saying here, she's tired. She's tired of constantly being on the lookout. 
And I, it's just, it, it's such a beautiful song. I really love it. And there's like sometimes in the song where she'll like switch into her head voice from like her mezzo soprano, which I really like, like when she does that part. Um, James Taylor is on this song. This is the song he's on. And he does the like background singing. And he's in like the man to man to man to man. Like she, he does that part. And it's really good. And I, I really, really like this song a lot. And I love the ending where she's just basically the endings of all of these songs are like really, really like, I like when they just all break down into this final ending moment where they're just like, I keep moving man to man to man to man. And she just keeps repeating that line over again, like man to man to man to man. And I think it's stressing about how many people she's kind of searched through to find one right man. And maybe she's saying that she's finally found him with Larry Klein. I don't know. I think she kind of did, but I guess that would be up to Joni to say. But yeah, Man to Man, great song. Not much to say about the music on it, but it's it's a really great song and I recommend listening to it. And then the final like kind of jazz rock moment of the album, um, because the closer is a lot more somber, is the song Underneath the Street Light. And this is, we go back to kind of the solid love vibe, except I like this one better. And this is like a fast-paced rock track about finding love underneath the streetlight. And she's saying, basically, she swears on everything that the streetlight lights up, like the city, cars, the bebop boy. She's swearing on all of them that she loves him. And that's, like, really cute. And she says some funny lyrics in the song where she's like, gay boys with their pants so tight. <laughs> and when she does that live in Refuge of the Roads tour, you, she literally laughs. She's like, gay boys with their pants so tight. We do we do wear tight pants, don't we? Hmm. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it's just very fun. I like that she she's being an ally right there, right? She's an ally again on Doggy Dog. She talks about drag queens. So, you know, she's always been an ally. And... It's not like a super complex lyric song, you know, like rock and roll broadcast, move now, full blast. And I like or the part where she's like, rolling, rolling, really rock and rolling. Like those, it's all very like fun and rock and has like a vintage quality to it, like an old rock and roll track from the 50s. And it's, it's fun. There's not like too much substance. She's just basically declaring her love for this man underneath the streetlight. Like that's, that's just kind of. That's all it really is. I mean, I don't really know what else I could say besides she's declaring love and she's found love and there it is. So, yeah, that's underneath the streetlight. And I guess at the end of the song, she's saying, I love you. And then to finally profess her love in the most thought out way, she moves on to the closing track, which is just simply entitled Love. One thing about Joni Mitchell is that she knows how to work an opener and a closer of an album. She knows how to like give it all she's got on both of them. And this is no exception because love is such a beautiful track. Oh my God. I love this song so much. It's so romantic and it ends this album. This whole album is about love, but it ends with such a, I don't know. It's such a, a beautiful reflective and, shining way to talk about love. I, I just, this is such a good song. So I should give a little history on this song. It was written for a short film project that Joni did, was supposed to do in 1980, where it was like all these women directors and Joni got asked to be one, did like these short little movie stories and all revolving around the idea of love. 
and then Joni was asked to write the title song for it, but the project like fell through or something. Uh, and Joni decided to make an album about love and that kind of launched wild things. And so here the song is on the album. She puts it on here. Uh, side note, if you were to look into the short film project that Joni did, um, Hmm. Discretion is advised for who comes back for this short film that Joni does. Yeah. Just going to say that I'm not even getting into it. <laughs> okay. So, the song Love, though, is a retelling of the biblical passage, Corinthian 13s, which is about love. And it's a super famous passage. And I actually read the passage from the, like, Corinthians 13. I read it before I read this song. <clears throat> I mean, I'd heard the song, obviously, multiple times. But, like, I read it. And it was very interesting because I know a lot of people say that the Bible has very beautiful poetry in it. If you take out, like, like taking... a aside the religion stuff the bible has a lot of beautiful poetry and i actually could see that with this this corinthians 13 it's it was a very beautiful passage i really liked reading it and so Joni rewords it a little bit in this song to kind of fit her a little bit more and fit a song but it it's still a very similar sentiment where she basically is talking about how of everything in the world love is is the most important thing. You know, love suffers long. Love is kind. Love endures all things. It doesn't have evil in mind. Then she kind of talks about how she, she would take love over the gift of prophecy and all knowledge to move the mountains if it meant that she could have love. Like, it's the most necessary thing in the world. If she didn't have love, she would be nothing. And then she talks about, like, how love isn't, all these things. Love's not envious. Love isn't touchy. It's not evil. It's truthful and apparent. And it's it's such beautiful. And I know, like, you can't say, oh, it's just Joni's words. Like, the Bible's also what says that. But, you know, she put it into a beautiful song, so I'll credit her for this. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's really good. And I like that she talks about as a child, she... You know, had this beautiful, hopeful view of love. But when she become a woman, she's kind of been scorned by love. So love's not as positive to her anymore. But now, I think now that she's found Larry Klein, she's starting to remember that childlike feeling. And she's starting to realize that of these three things in life, faith, hope, and love, the greatest one of all, or the greatest beauty of all, is love. And it's just oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. Uh, love, 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 love. So the music on this song is so fascinating because it starts out and Joni sings an acapella like she does like the although I speak in tongues of men and angels I'm just sounding less she does that part acapella and when she goes I'm sounding brass the band just like boom dun, and it just brings into this beautiful kind of like 80s ballad moment and then at the end it goes she's like and of these great three, and the tension starts building. Love's a greatest beauty. Bum, 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 love. And the band starts, like, reeling in. They're like, love. And then it closes, though, again. And this, like, it, like, and then it quiets back down really fast. And it's, she's just like, love. And it fades away into these somber synths. And it's like, And honestly, what you could do, I should have done this before and seen if they work. But I think that those synths fade out so well that they could fade back into the beginning synths on Chinese Cafe. Like, they just, like, blend, and you could just do this whole album in rotation again. If you wanted to do that. I don't know. That'd be something fun to try out. 
But yeah, it's just, this is such a good song. No one ever talks about this song, but it's so good. And I wish people did because I love it so much. Like, truly, it's an amazing track. And it just has beautiful sentiments behind it. Like, the most simple of sentiments, but like the most beautiful of ones, you know, like it's, it's really good. So yes, that is wild. Things run fast. Oh my gosh. Such a good album. It's kind of a simplistic album, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's a really great, fresh and easy approach to start the eighties, which will become a very heavy and, you know, intense approach next week, which I'm sure all of you are so excited for my doggy dog opinions, right? So, let's get to the ratings. Ooh. So, if I were to rate this album, I would give it a 9 out of 10. I know what you're thinking. What happened to the 10 out of 10 era? But yeah, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. That's generous. I could have done an 8 out of 10, but I'll give it a 9 out of 10. It's pretty good. My favorite song on the album is definitely Chinese Cafe, but Love is a close second. They kind of round each other out. Uh, My least favorite track? No one will be surprised to know that it is solid love. <laughs> Not my favorite, but you know, that's okay. So yes, that is Wild Things Run Fast. I hope you all enjoyed listening to today's episode. I truly enjoyed talking about it. It's just, it's such an underrated but great album that I think people should really listen to more. I don't know. No one ever talks about it, but it's really, it's really well done. And yeah, thank you all so much for listening. I'd love to hear your guys' opinions or feedback about Wild Things Run Fast. Let me know. And yeah, I guess now it's time next week to move on to a very interesting place that we're about to go. We're about to enter, you know, a very interesting territory on Doggy Dog. But yes, thank you all so much for listening. And I will see you next week on Doggy Dog. Oof.